Hey, it's Josh Filber here from Making Bank. Have you ever thought about how you are a leader? Are you leading to your most fullest potential possible? Whether it's you're leading your family, whether it's leading your team, whether you are the CEO or owner of a business and you're leading your employees, are you performing to the best of your abilities? Are you doing everything you can to be the best leader to empower them as well as grow your company? So today's guest is going to help drop some amazing insights to help you as a leader improve as well as be the best leader possible in your business or and or for your family. Or if you're just running a company, you are maybe a VP at a company, whatever that is for you being a leader, these insights are going to help you be the best one possible. So guys, check out today's episode of Making Bank. Hey guys, I really appreciate you watching Making Bank. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your interest. And make sure you like and share this episode as well as comment below. Our guests love to reply to comments. Ask them some questions, something you're not sure about. Make sure to like and share this, guys. You know, somebody that you know that this is going to help, somebody that's going to help improve their life, their business. Uh, we really appreciate you liking and sharing this. And again, thank you for your time listening and watching to Making Bank today. You are are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. Super excited for today's guest. Antonio Garrido is the author of My Daily Leadership, a powerful roadmap for leadership success and founder and president of My Daily Leadership, which is a leadership development organization with a mission to inspire 1 million of the world's best leaders to reach their full potential. He has over 25 years in senior leadership positions with world-class businesses and is an expert in leadership transformation shaping high-performance leaders out of highly stressed and overworked leaders. Antonio blends his vast commercial experience with proven techniques to embed a unique brand of leadership development. He is a serial entrepreneur, successful business coach, charismatic speaker, and leader from small private business right up to the Fortune 60 size. So I'm excited to welcome Antonio Garrido to Making Bank today. Gosh, Gosh, what an intro. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> There's lots of leadership built in. <laughs> well, I already feel like, yeah, if your listeners could just go ahead and lower their expectations, that would be terrific. <laughs> that was a really nice introduction. You'll have to send that to me. <laughs> right? <laughs> thank you, Josh. I'm a big fan of the show, so thank you for the invitation. Well, Appreciate it. Um, so give us a little bit of background. I mean, obviously it mentioned that you're a serial entrepreneur in there. And when did you get started? Was this something that happened when you were a kid or was it later on in life? So that's a great, that's a great question. So my father, this all came from my father. Um, as soon as I begin to get boring, please just scratch your nose or something to let me know that it's time to move on. But my father was, um, uh, he was from Spain, hence the name Antonio Garrido, right? So but he was a shepherd in Spain, never went to school a day in his life, couldn't read or write, didn't act, and still can't, right? He's 90 this year. Wow. Um, <laughs> doesn't know anything, so just let me be clear, but he's highly intelligent, right? He, he doesn't know things because he never went to school, and he can't read and write and still can't, but he can speak six languages because he went through 
a few different European cities on his way to the UK, and then we went all went back to Spain. But he was a shepherd, right? And I found myself more by luck than design, Josh, I promise, running some incredibly large, complex organizations, right? What you would call Fortune 60 companies. And we would always have this kind of ongoing shtick, my father and I, for forever, where he would say, how was your day today? And I'd say, oh, terrible, I've been fired. And he would say, best day ever, right? And that we just kind of had this thing going on for years. But here's the thing. He would always say to me, because very poorly educated people can get very philosophical, and my dad says things that actually don't make sense, but then do make sense, and then don't make sense. So <laughs> something bizarre would happen. My dad would say, well, that's because one in a million chances happen nine times out of ten, right? And you just kind of like, hurt your head thinking about it. But he would say to me, when I told him I, would be, I, I had been fired, which I hadn't, by the way, it was just this thing that we had going, he would say to me, it's better to be the head of a mouse than the tail of a lion. It's better to be the head of a mouse than the tail of a lion. In other words, my whole life, it was like, start your own business. Start your own business. It's better to be the owner of a small business than somebody that works for a huge organization. Mm. My whole life, my father had his own businesses. He had many businesses. And considering where he started from to where he ended up, he's like Richard Branson, right? In, you know, in terms of, in terms of that growth sure. trajectory. So my whole life I've been told to start my own business. One thing led to another. Me and my wife, we were about to be empty nesters because I'm much more ancient than you might imagine. And I thought, well, you know, now's the time. My wife had had her own PR company for 30 years. I thought I'll start a business. And, and I actually found a pool cue company to buy, right? Anyway, one thing led to another. I started a different business that, that was hugely successful, fortunately enough. Uh, and then I started another business and now I have, we have started and then sold and made and retained probably about six or seven businesses. All of them have been tremendously uh, successful, depending on how you kind of judge it, whether it's by cash or profit or people or growth or whatever. So yeah, to, I, I, I eventually listened to my dad, took a lot of the lessons that I learned along the way running companies for other people and started doing it for myself. That was a long answer, wasn't it? To a short question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So obviously growing up around your dad, him being an entrepreneur and everything, what were some of the biggest takeaways that you took uh, that you applied to when you were first working for other companies and or starting your first business? Well, I think, so my, another expression that my dad had which was uh, in this world, and you, you can see where, where it comes from when you learn, you know, when you know a little bit about his background, but he would say that the strong take from the weak, but the clever take from the strong. And he was a very, very, very big proponent because he couldn't read or write, I think, of getting a good education, learning, but every day, every day, there is something to be learned if you look for it. So for example, every Sunday, we would all be around uh, my mum and dad's for Sunday lunch because it's a big kind of European. My mother was Greek, so a big European kind of tradition where everybody kind of gathers together. You can imagine that thing. Right. And would ask all of the kids and whoever was around the table, so kids and partners and grandchildren and everybody, and he would kind of go round one by one and ask us where we had failed this week. And if we couldn't, think of somewhere that we had failed that week, 
he declared it a week wasted, right? Because <laughs> because if you didn't fail, then you didn't learn and you didn't grow and you didn't get better. And he would always, one of his big kind of heroes was uh, a racing car driver. We were talking about car racing right. before we started. Uh, a guy called Mario Andretti, I'm sure you must know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Mario Andretti would say, um, and my father kind of hooked onto this and kind of never let it go. But basically, he, Mario Andretti said, if you if you aren't, slightly terrified going into the corners you're not going fast enough so my dad would constantly say where have you failed this week and if we hadn't then we hadn't learned anything and he would say that it's a week lost so back to the point that when i was working for very large and complex businesses with billions in revenue and thousands of of, of employees i would always make a, a very big point of allowing people to fail giving people the opportunity to fail and learn so long as, you know, some you win and some you learn, right? So long as we record, recorded, you know, kept a record, so long as we, so long as we figured out why we failed, that, that was okay. We never, we never fired anybody for failing, but we would sometimes, you know, berate people for not having tried hard enough. So, that, so we really try to eliminate fear. The point being this, that wisdom comes from evaluated experience and not just time served. So if you don't evaluate the experience, if you don't take time to think to yourself as a leader, where could I have done better today? What's my report for the day? If I had to look back, knowing what we know, and hindsight is 2020 vision, right? But every day, every leader should say, well, I'll probably give myself a B minus for today. That's fine. So long as you say, well, what could I or should I have done more of or less of or differently? And could I have handled a meeting better? Could I have sent an email better? Could I have spent a few more minutes with somebody? Could I have asked more insightful questions? Could I have really understood, you know, active listening? Whatever, right? But constantly, constantly, day by day by day by day, improve. Because he used to say, the only advantage you have today over yesterday is what you learned, because otherwise you're just a day closer to dead, which I know sounds... <laughs> But the point being, right, that it kind of sets you men- mentally up for, you know, the only advantage you do have over yesterday is what you've learned. So so keep a record of those things and constantly self-evaluate. What, what most leaders lack is high EQ and high self-awareness. It's difficult to tell somebody they have an ugly baby. And it's also difficult to come and knock on the leader's door and say hey boss have you got a minute and they go yeah come in what's what's on your mind and they go i just want to let you know i've been watching your performance over the last six months and i think you're terrible right no one ever says that to the to the ceo do they right i saw a terrific interview with george bush senior who was now no longer in the white house who was no longer president although you chaps still called ex-presidents presidents anyway we just it just came off um off the 18th green of a pro-am golf tournament and somebody shoved a camera in his face and said hey mr president how was the golf and uh, he thought for a second and he said um, it's amazing how many games of golf he's lost since leaving the white house and and that's 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 an important lesson because it's hard for leaders what do leaders need more than anything else the truth right that's what mm, they yeah people the truth and and do your people tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? They probably don't. They probably tell you maybe 80% if you're lucky. And the magic lies in that 20% that they're perhaps not revealing. And you've got to figure out what that 20% is. 
might include and might look like. And I did a talk just before COVID. There were about 400 leaders in the audience. Uh, this was about a week before the Super Bowl final where I got COVID. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I asked about 400 leaders. I, I said, who here has no leadership blind spots? And, and fortunately enough, Josh, you know, by a show of hands, unfortunately, nobody put their hands up. So, okay, good. We've got quite a self-aware bunch that every every leader has some blind spot somewhere. I mean, none of us are perfect, right? Right. But then my, you know, subsequent follow-on question was, great, so everybody here recognizes that they do have some blind spots. Would you all do me a favor now and just write down what they are? Now, of course, that's tricky because the people don't know what their blind spots are. And if you don't know what your blind spots are, how can you possibly fix them? And if you knew what they were, then they wouldn't be blind spots. <laughs> the whole circular argument where you kind of disappear up your own backside. But the point being that we all have, all leaders have blind spots. So if you don't take time to increase your self-awareness, part of your emotional intelligence, then you're never going to figure out what they are. So how do you increase your self-awareness? By constantly daily practice of reflexive and reflective practice where you're saying, how could I have done that better? Where did I let myself down? Where did I do my best? Where didn't I do my best? How could I have improved that? And so that wisdom comes from evaluated experience versus, you know, as a consequence of time served is really important, I think. I can't remember what your question was, but that was my answer. <laughs> uh, definitely. So one of the big things I know you mentioned too is as a leader is EQ and self-awareness and everything. How can we as leaders, obviously, get better at that? Because I mean, like here, in the, you hear Gary Vaynerchuk talk about that all the time and um, hitting home and there's no like, hey, here's the framework, or here's what you here's the, here's what you need to do to get better at this. It's just like, cool, go do it, and people are like, yeah. uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, we all love Gary, right? So um, Coca Cola. So I'll try and give you this shortish answer, but Coca Cola, who one of my favorite companies. Not that I actually drink Coca Cola, I don't, because I think it's dreadful. It's like yeah. Pepsi, but notwithstanding, it's just sugary water. Right? Right. Like, oh, crap. <laughs> Coca-Cola listening, it's a delightful beverage. But anyway, so Coca-Cola have, let's say for the sake of argument, hundreds of divisions around the globe. I don't know how many they have, but you know, I'm a big fan of the, the, the business Coca-Cola. I, I love nearly everything they do. I try and copy from their vision to how they how they run their organization and all of that good stuff. If you want to know a good model for how to run a business, Coca-Cola is pretty good and so is Lego. But anyway, I digress. But Coca-Cola, they looked at all of their divisions across the world and they do more than just Coke. You know, they do water and they do lots and you know, Fanta. Sure. Millions of problems, right? And some of it they sell into retail. So they have retail divisions and then they have maybe public house divisions and supermarkets. Anyway, they have lots of different businesses and they decided to figure out, was there a link between, well, what was the common thread between all of their successful leaders, their successful businesses, and their not so successful businesses? Or effectively, you're selling a fairly ubiquitous product that's, that everybody likes the world over, right? So there shouldn't be remarkably any difference between water sold in South Africa than Melbourne, Australia, for example, right? So uh, so it was a good, I think, premise. They figured out that 
of the successful businesses, I think it was 94%, just over 90%, all of the leaders had high EQ. And then of all of the failing ones, something like 97% had low Q. So there was a direct correlation. They were the first real people that really kind of tied this principle of EQ into, you know, directly into performance. Because hitherto, everybody thought, you know, experience, IQ, technical skill equals great leader. Right. But, but, but significantly, that's been disproved countless times which is a shame because a lot of leaders do rely on you know their mbas their you know their cv you know their resume <laughs> yeah. and the fact that they've been doing it for 20 years as some kind of barometer for success when somebody's like maybe recruiting or hiring or whatever that being said however these days a lot of those companies like the kellogg's the gillettes the the coca-colas and the microsoft right those kind of those people that have the pick of anybody in the world right they can they advertise a role, and I don't know, I'm probably exaggerating, but not by an enormous amount. Let's say a million candidates supply, right? So they can have anybody in the world. What they are recruiting for incredibly heavily now is this principle of uh, emotional intelligence. Back to your question. So we know it's important, right? There's, there's just no doubt. There's a huge, tremendously positive correlation between leadership, sex, success, and EQ. It's not the only... <laughs> it's not the only litmus test or prediction sure. success, but it, it's a it's a significant one. So then you've got to think, okay, well, what does EQ entail? So we've already talked about emotional intelligence. Um, I'm sorry, self-awareness, right? It also includes social skill. It includes impulse control, right? There are a few segments. We talk all about it on our website. But anyway, the trick is, as I said, you first you've got to figure out where you are in the world. So I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to think of a nice way to say I'm just saying. But anyway, if you pop along to www.mydailyleadership.com, you will find links there to do things like free business and leadership health checks, right? Which kind of start to point you towards that. And they also have uh, a really, really tremendous assessment that you can take that benchmarks you against other leaders in terms of self-awareness. But the, the main point comes back to this principle of evaluated experience, which is take time every day. It, you know, the most successful leaders journal. It's just, it's just a fact. And it, there's not only leaders, but it's athletes and, and it's any successful person that you could imagine. Uh, uh, one of my old chairman, he wasn't old, it was a while ago, but one of the best yeah, chairman, group chairman I'd ever worked for, um, asked me, I think on my first or my second day, with the organization, and he said, hey, Antonio, do you journal? And and I didn't, so I, so I said no, and he asked me why, and I said, probably because I'm not a 16-year-old Victorian schoolgirl. I mean, I wouldn't even know what to write, what to write even if I did. And he said, well, go and find the eight most successful people you can find. Like in any field, anywhere, however you measure success. No, he said, go and ask 10. The first eight I discovered and found and managed to get to talk to, all eight of them journaled. So I got to the first eight, every one of them journaled. And I went back and I said, okay, there's probably something in this. And so one of the 
principles that we have for all of your entrepreneurs, all of your owners, all of your leaders. If you don't journal, right, and again, go on our website, we'll give you lots of kind of free templates and stuff. If you don't journal, you know, people that say they want to improve but don't journal kind of just don't believe them, right? Because unless you specifically actively take time every day to try and improve and record these things in your journal to actually build self-awareness to figure out how you could have responded better in the moment, kind of measure twice, cut once, all of that kind of stuff, then, then, then you won't eliminate your blind spots. You won't improve. You won't, it, you'll get to a level, but you won't get any further. Now, the problem with most leaders is what's their job? right? Their job is to future-proof the business. That's their job, is to succeed today and into the future. Well, how do you do that? Well, you've got to future-proof yourself and your people, and that in turn, you know, future-proofs the business. And Marshall Goldsmith says, what got you here won't get you there. And that's absolutely true. So we also talk a lot in the book uh, and in our program about building leadership insight, which is another thing that most of the big organizations this uh, in the world are looking for at the moment. They're actively seeking people who can make these slightly bizarre connect connections and insight. And the most inspirational leaders, successful leaders with high EQ, who have the ability to see through the numbers, see beyond the pattern, see the stuff that everybody else can't see. Steve Jobs was pretty good at it. It's a good example. Sam Walton was good. In the book, we talk about loads. We give loads of examples of those leadership insights. And again, that requires sitting down with a piece of paper and thinking, and you would do that in your journal too. So you mentioned like leadership insight, obviously, and, and journaling. What, uh, like when we're journaling to really get dialed in and focused, kind of what is that like framework or what does that structure look like that we should be putting down, making sure we're getting in our journal? Yeah, so it, it most when we talk to most leaders who join our program and we ask them to journal and their eyes glaze over and they say, well, we don't know what to write. We don't know how much to write. We don't know what to write about. We, do, we don't know how to do it. Are you saying, cracky, you, you run a business here with 100 employees and you can't get your head around just that slight, like what might we journal about? And of course, it's not, dear diary, Mr. Darcy was mean today. Uh, of course, it's not, <laughs> right? We basically say, look, it, it's going to evolve. So wherever you start is not where it will be in six months' time, but we just want you to start. Now, in our program, we do a whole thing of a, a, a morning momentum. We give them very specific things to answer and think about that works towards building a little bit of self-awareness here, building a little bit of self-regulation here, building a little bit of wisdom here. And, and then every evening we do an evaluation. So... You can actually, some people like that whole very structured day by day, just tell me what to think and I'll think it. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Tell me what the formula looks like and I'll follow it, which is terrific. But then some others say, I'm more of an off-road kind of, off-piste kind of skier, right? I don't have to follow the tram lines. Well, that's fine too. In which case we say, look, just to, just to start, because you've got to start somewhere, just uh, we kind of have this thing about A, B, C, D, E, F, A, B, C, D, E, F. I mean, most people can remember that, right? So it's um, two affirmations. That's affirmations, which is the, the thing about reaching your full potential. It's about having the right beliefs and values, having the right behaviors and, 
and actions, having the right skills and techniques, and then having this principle of self-awareness and EQ that we were talking about. So two affirmations, two really solid beliefs, two commitments for the day. What are two things that I am not going to go to bed without until I've done those things, right? Two commitments. They don't have to be massive, but what are you, what are you actually determined to get done today? Because we all know that our to-do list gets blown out the water every five minutes with today's more pressing events. So two commitments, three things that they're going to develop or just push the flag a little bit further down the, down the, down the beach. One thing they're going to explore and then one thing they're going to fix. So you've got affirmations, beliefs, commitments, things you're going to develop, things, one thing you're going to explore, one thing that you're going to fix today. And if you start there, right, you just spend five minutes thinking about A, B, C, D, E, F, just write them down and just like put something against each of those. I mean, this is the most simple, Simon, basic way of starting. Um, and you do that. And then at the end of every day, figure out how well you did against your kind of plan. If you do that for six months, and by the way, write it with a pen. I know half of your listeners have suddenly just turned off. They go, I don't think so. Click, right? Because they want to type. But there's a right. magic in editing and writing that really is your ability to develop and think and move forward is is 60 to 70% better just by writing. We give all of that evidence in the book. So get a nice pen, get a nice leather journal, right? Handmade, something that's fit front and center on your desk that you're very proud of. And then just, just start thinking about how to get better. Just by doing that, you will improve. And then if you want to then think, do you know what? this is terrific. I'm making much better decisions. I'm making much better outcomes. I'm helping my people much faster. And then you want to jump into a more organized program, then give us a ring. <laughs> we'll help you do that. No, that's great. Guys, I hope you guys are listening to what Antonio has been talking about in leadership and think where you are in your business, whether you got two employees, whether you got 50 employees, and you know how can you start being a better leader um, to help encourage and get better performance out of your employees as well as create those uh, self-awareness connections and EQ and everything else. We got a little bit of time left, Antonio. What's like, oh man, I wanted to talk about this, but we haven't brought it up yet. What's something you want to share with the audience and everything before we wrap up? If I could have everybody that's listening, if, if they just did two things. One is I don't know any successful leader that that doesn't have a mindset of abundance versus scarcity and, and gratitude and all of that kind of stuff. So, so think a lot about every day, think about what you're grateful for. You are in a tremendously, and listen, I know leadership some days can be such a drag. Your work-life balance is completely screwed up and you hardly see your kids. And when you're at home, when you're at work, you're wishing you were at home. When you're at home, you're thinking about work and all of that terrible stuff. But you're in a tremendously fortunate position. So try and build your kind of gratitude bank, right? Be grateful. And because you can't have a positive life if it's filled with negative thoughts, most human beings have about 70,000 thoughts a day and about 75% of them are negative, right? So stop talking to yourself poorly, right? So, so really think about gratitude, help people. Those things do come back to you. Your job, your number one question is to ask people, how can I help? Build a business that's collaborative, not just cooperative, not just communicative, but collaborative. Collaborative businesses 
collaborative organizations, and it starts from the top and it's cascaded from the top always, significantly outperform those that don't. And, and it works from how can I help you share resources, break down silos, have all of your people collaborate, and it starts with you. Ask people how you can help and don't accept an answer of, no boss, everything's good, I'm fine. Don't accept it, right? Push, 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 push for an answer. They'll give you an answer and then start following up on your commitments. That's what I would say. Awesome. And where can people get more information about what you guys have going on? I know you said you mentioned your website that had um, free content where people can go grab yeah. and download as well as be able to access and uh, get a copy yeah. of your book even. They can also get yeah, the book. The book's a good place to start. So it's My Daily Leadership is the name of the book. They can get that on you know, paper, electronic, audio. If you're sufficiently interested, I record. So this is my third book. My other two books were recorded by other people who were just dreadful. So um, uh, if you want to hear me <laughs> read the book to you, that, that'd that be great. So just, you know, I was going to say Amazon, but there are other bookstores available. So just just get the book. And if you're sufficiently interested in what we talked talk to you about in the book, then jump on our website, mydailyleadership.com. Maybe have... Just, you know, answer a few of the questions, take a leadership health tech check, take a business health check. And if you are um, sufficiently concerned with what you read, then maybe take a, um, a, a leadership assessment and then fix what needs to be fixed because you're not perfect, I'm afraid. Yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Antonio, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it. Sharing some amazing insights. Uh, so thanks for coming on Making Bank. Thank you, Josh. It's been a been a pleasure. I'll see you soon. I am Josh Felber. You are watching Making Bank. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube.